Welcome back to Real Big Mistakes, where we reevaluate a film's critical consensus on Rotten Tomatoes and determine if the movies are actually better than their reputation suggests. I'm Jason Konigsberg of PanandSlam.com. And I am Rich Tola. And this is the oldest movie we have done so far on the podcast. We are looking at 1978 Cheech and Chong's Up in Smoke, the first Cheech and Chong movie. Now, Rich, have you figured out why I picked this movie? Um, I figured out, well, the, the obvious one to me was because of all the, you know, recent legalization of marijuana laws in New Jersey, <coughs> uh, recreational marijuana. Um, but uh, is for those there another listeners, reason? Well, sorry to interrupt, but for those yeah. listeners that don't know, we live in New Jersey. Rich and I are both New Jersey, closer to the New York side. We're central Jersey. Um, mm -hmm. But yes, so legalizing in New Jersey, among many other states as well. Yeah. Right, California, right, Colorado. Well, they've had it. They've been legalized. Colorado's been legalized. Yeah. yeah, I think 18 states total now have legalized it. I believe mm -hmm. Washington State, um, uh, Massachusetts. So yeah, it, it started off more, I guess, on the West Coast, and now it's creeping out to you know a lot of more liberal, progressive states. It seems so. New Jersey didn't want to be left out. Um, so that's one reason. And uh, w any other uh, guesses? Um, no, um, but I'm assuming there's another reason. Well, it's April, so it is the month of... Uh, this is the closest <laughs> podcast that we'll be doing towards to 420. Um, and yes, the legalized marijuana issue has become so prevalent that this movie is kind of becoming more and more a relic of the past. Uh, you, you look at the stars, you know, and how old they are today, and you look at the issues that this movie deals with, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about them as we um, discuss this film. So this is kind of something that was, you know, popular and relevant in 1978, and by 2021, a lot of these things are just, you know, I, I don't think kids are going to look at this movie and get it the same way people did back then or the way we did when we were younger. I remember seeing this on Comedy Central all the time in the 90s when I was young, and that was my first exposure to this film. So uh, all of those reasons, I feel like this is, you know, a, a movie worth doing, and it had a rotten uh, rating on Rotten Tomatoes, so I thought that was interesting and worth reflecting on. Yeah, I, uh, I don't have much familiarity with Cheech and Chong. I mean, I know who they are. I've never seen any of the movies. Um, so this is the first one I've actually seen. Um, I've seen, you know, Cheech Marin and, and other things. Um, but this is the first Cheech and Chong movie I've seen. And I, I know they have a, a short, uh, I don't know if it's a cameo or what, but they're in a, um, a Martin Scorsese film that you like, right? Mm-hmm. And you liked it as well, if I'm not mistaken. I did, yes. I only saw it the one time, though, so I'm not anywhere okay. near as familiar. You, you don't remember it. it. Okay, yeah, After yeah. Hours, 1985, mm -hmm. which I like for a lot. One, it's Scorsese directing a comedy, something mm -hmm. that he hasn't really ever done, unless you count Wolf of Wall Street as a comedy, because it's very funny. But that's also a three-hour, you know, kind of miserable at times uh, epic about excess. Uh, this uh, After Hours is kind of just more a straight comedy. 
And uh, obviously, it's not rotten. I was looking; there are no rotten Scorsese films, you know, of, you know that we'd want to do. Uh, so, not even his lesser-known movies are considered rotten. At least, according to the website. According to yes, right. Well, I I personally don't think the man's ever made a bad movie. That's my personal opinion. There are some that I greatly prefer over others, but yeah, they have a small part in After Hours. Uh, which was actually an interesting movie because it's the first time Scorsese was directing a movie where he was a director for hire. He needed a job. They weren't going to finance Last Temptation of Christ. He wanted to make Gangs of New York. That was still in limbo. So the movies he wanted to make weren't getting financed and he needed a lot of money. But he also needed to work. And this was the first time that he directed a movie where he had no involvement in the pre-production, no involvement at the script level, and he was just hired, and he did it, and it turned out to be, I wish he directed more comedies, or more comedies were directed with his kind of style. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't have much connection to, to these, to this movie, definitely not this movie, but even, you know, the actors, I don't know if, has Tommy Chong been in anything other than Cheech and Chong stuff? He has, but I feel like he's significantly less versatile than, um than Cheech Marin. Cheech Marin, you could, I mean, if you never saw a Cheech and Chong movie, you might know Cheech Marin from his work on TV. He's been in almost every Robert Rodriguez movie uh, from Dust Till Dawn, Desperado, mm-hmm. all the Spy Kids movies, um, Tin Cup, uh, and the TV show Nash Bridges. Chong, I think, had a part, I don't remember this movie too well, uh, Half Baked. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know marijuana. if he was in that, but I know the movie. Yeah, I think he had a small cameo part in that, you know, a movie that owes its existence to Cheech and Chong. Yes. Uh, for sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I've seen him on TV, on specials, on things, and it's just, he seems like he's a big advocate for marijuana and everything, and that's, his humor never really changed. He never really, you know, went mainstream as much as Cheech did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why his resume isn't, you know, as versatile uh, yeah, like Ch- as, Cheech, as Cheech Marin's. Cheech Marin was uh, the voice of one of the hyenas in The Lion King, too. He was Disney. in that, and he, yes, and he was a voice in, uh, what's it, uh, Disney movie, Oliver and Company. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was a voice of some one of the dogs, probably a Chihuahua. <laughs> I don't remember exactly. I haven't. I like that movie. I haven't seen it in a very long time, though. So yeah, yeah once again, very versatile. He was in another kids movie. Did you ever see the movie Pauly about a parrot that could talk? <laughs> no, but I've, I remember. I, I'm vaguely familiar with it. Okay, yeah, I think Jay Moore was the voice of the parrot, and he also played another character in the movie. Yeah, kids movie, very PG friendly. You know, has nothing to do with you know marijuana or drug use or drug right. humor or anything. Yeah, so like the Spy Kids movies. Okay, Cheech has you know he's you know, versatile character actor or lead actor. So yeah, he pops up in a lot of things throughout the '80s and '90s, and mm-hmm. maybe not as much today, but he's very old now. So yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, why don't you, well, this movie came out in 1978, right? So, I was trying to think just off the top of my head, do I know any movies that came out in 78? And nothing really came to mind, because 77, obviously, like, Star, I think of Star Wars, and Mm -hmm. 79, I think of, um, I think, wasn't Apocalypse Now in 79? Yes, it was. Yeah, so I I think one of my other favorites was 79, uh, Ridley Scott's Alien, the original. Right. 
Right. So '78, nothing really jumps out at me. So do you do you know any of the big films of that year? Well, I did off the top of my head. I knew two, and then I looked up big films from 1978 and a few others, and I was like, "Oh man, yeah, those are some big films." So I know the best picture winner of 1978 was The Deer Hunter, a film oh, okay. that has literally nothing to do with uh, Cheech and Chong, other than maybe a little bit of uh, Vietnam commentary, the after effects of it, coming home from Vietnam, uh, it, with one it, character it, in particular. It also has nothing to do with hunting deer. The Deer Hunter? Well, they showed hunting at one time. Did <laughs> yeah, you ever no, see but the, it's the Deer not... Hunter? I know you asked me about it uh, years No, ago. I, I've never seen it, but I know what it's about. But I, 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 funny story, my dad is big into hunting, and I, he, when he always told me that, you know, he when he... I guess when that movie came out, he got excited because he thought it was going to be about hunting. And when he saw it, he could, it could have been anything less than hunting. You're making me think of a joke. I went to see the Prince of Tides and there wasn't one bit of surfing. What a rumor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, it's, I guess, a metaphor. Uh, something. I don't remember how the title. I haven't seen it straight through. Honestly, I've only seen it once uh, straight through and it was probably... Very about twenty years ago or more. Yeah, very dark so, yeah. and disturbing. Yeah, yeah. Good De Niro, good Chris Walken. Chris Walken won an Oscar for that, and he deserved it. Uh, good Meryl Streep as well. So, and then the other movie I knew off the top of my head that seems to be synonymous with nineteen seventy eight: National Lampoon's Animal House. Oh, okay. Yeah, now as great of a comedy as I think you know, Cheech and Chong Up in Smoke is, it doesn't hold a candle to Animal House. Animal House was uh, that is not considered rotten. That is. A genuine uh, comedy classic and uh, possibly John Belushi's best movie other than Blues Brothers. So uh, that that's a big one, Animal House. And then the few others that uh, when I was looking that I felt that were worth mentioning that I at least think are important uh, films. Uh, Halloween, John Carpenter's Halloween, the original mm. Halloween. Very important for horror movies. The slasher genre really jump-started the 80s slasher genre, which was super, super popular, uh, giving us Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. So Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, uh, it all came from Michael Myers, the yep. killer in Halloween. Uh, Superman with Christopher Reeve, Marlon oh, Brando, okay. Gene Hackman. Yeah, the first comic book movie, the first you know big-budget superhero movie came out in 1978 and... Certainly, you look at movies the past 10 to 20 years or so, and uh, it seems that that's all we get now are superhero movies, but it really all started in 1978 with Superman. And the other movie that I felt that was worth mentioning, I'm not a huge fan of this movie, uh, but I'm sure you're, everyone's familiar with this movie, uh, Grease with John Travolta. Oh, okay. That yeah, that's, that's a big movie. That's a big, that was probably one of the biggest hits of that year. So, yeah, so there's a little slice of, you know, cinema in 1978, what it looked like. Mm-hmm. All right, um, so this movie <clears throat> wasn't uh, a box office failure. Um, you know, critics never really liked it, but it actually mm-hmm. made a good amount of money. Exactly, it was made for cheap. Cheech and Chong were famous before on like kind of an underground comedy. Uh, they they toured doing their comedy skits, and I guess you know like certain comedians, they you know develop a following and they say, hey, let's make a movie out of it. So uh, Lou Adler, who who was a record producer, who produced their um, their comedy albums and you know directed some of their comedy skits. 
he was hired. He's not a film director, okay, per se. Uh, and he just, when they were able to get a small budget from Paramount to produce a movie and make a movie based on their comedy stylings, their comedy skits. And that's what they did. And you see some of their other movies and they have that episodic feel where it doesn't feel like it's even a real movie. Almost like some later Monty Python movies uh, mm-hmm. where it just, you know, jumps from one thing to another that very loosely tied together somehow. Uh, so, yeah, this movie was made for super cheap, dirt cheap, and it ended up turning quite a big profit and being a big hit. And obviously Cheech and Chong made several other movies together throughout the 80s. Um, cause yeah, it was very cheaply made and turned out to be a big hit. Kind of like the Friday the 13th, the slasher movies, those movies cost like a million or 2 million to make tops and they would pull in, you know, even if they pulled in 10 million, that was a big profit for a very small budget movie. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I've read somewhere when we were re- researching this that, um, I think they asked, I think they, the original budget was a million, they asked for another 800,000 and Michael Eisner, who was the head of the studio at that time, who is probably most famous for being, um, the CEO of Disney in the, mm-hmm. uh, late eighties and nineties. Um, when that, when, you know, some of their biggest movies came out, uh, he said no, cause he saw, so he saw the early screening of it and, and didn't think it was going to be worth it. So, uh, I think the director ended up financing the rest of the movie himself personally, mm-hmm. but, um, I, I thought that was funny that Eisner was tied into that. Yeah, I, didn't, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but Eisner was a big shot at a few other studios before Disney, and I'm sure he is. I don't know where he is now, but I do remember seeing him on like Disney Channel specials when I was a kid. He had had his yeah, face, he was. Uh, yeah, he. I think he's retired now. He um, there's a there's a good um, imagine. It's called the Imagineer Imagineering or something like that. But it's a documentary about like the creative people and behind Disney, the Disney parks, um, mm-hmm. and he's he's interviewed a lot in that. Okay, and but if he, he was the, well, go on. I would say he's older now, so he he's, uh, you know, I think he's just retired now, but. Yeah. And well, if he was the CEO of Disney during the, uh, when they had that renaissance with Little Mermaid. Uh, yep, that's Lion when he King, was, yep. Uh, yeah, Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin, then that was a pretty big deal. And they had a lot of live action hits too as well. Uh, Mighty Ducks off the top of my head. Uh, I'm sure they had several others, but... Uh, yeah, he, uh, you know, because Disney in the 80s, Disney at like, you know, up until Beauty and the Beast, they had put out some movies that were failures. Did you ever see The Black Cauldron? Yeah. <laughs> I like I that movie, but it's, it, it doesn't go, I can understand why it's too dark to be a Disney movie, but it's also because it's not dark enough to be like, you know, I really wish, you know, it kind of went all dark and was a little bit more, uh, you know, PG-13 if they had that rating back then. I'm not sure. Uh, but I would uh, yeah, like to see a different... Uh, that, that's a movie that I'd like to see remade. Oliver and Company also was the earlier mid-80s. It was yeah. before uh, Beauty and the Beast, for sure. Aristocats, I think, right? Ad. Aristocats, I don't remember when that was. Fox and the Hound, I think, was in the 80s. Aristocats... You know what? I've never seen Aristocats. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I've never yeah I think they were all... I, I never saw. I never saw it either. But I think they were all like pre, uh, you know, the Little Mermaid. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think Little Mermaid was the first mo- out of all, you know, out of the newer, out of the ones that were started to get really good. Yeah, and it was like amazing. And then I remember seeing Pocahontas in theaters, and that was a year after Lion King, and thinking, meh. <laughs> and yeah, I wasn't too impressed with that. Yeah. After after um after Lion King and Aladdin, 
then there was there's a there's a few in there that were just like yeah they're fine yeah decline i remember not liking the hercules disney movie yeah i didn't really care for that either okay yeah i remember thinking the animation looked cheap which after lion king even like pocahontas i maybe i didn't love it but it didn't look cheap it was still like you know the best looking animation you could ask for in that time i'm surprised that you didn't like hercules aren't you a big james woods fan I am a big James Woods fan, uh, I, despite his politics, uh, I, and he's he's one of the Me Too people. He's one of these been accused of some things, but uh, yeah, I've written an article on my website on panandslam.com about James Woods, and uh, I do think he, he's known for his cameo on uh, cameos on uh, Family Guy, but I think he has one of the best supporting uh, celebrity parts in uh, The Simpsons, where he's. He takes over when Apu gets fired. Oh, yeah, timely mention. He takes over when Apu gets fired from the Quickie Mart because he's researching a character who works at a convenience store. So right. he's the method actor, he's getting into it, and he he tells customers, "All right, come back. Let's try that again. I got to be more natural." So and he yells, <laughs> "Get back here!" He's really funny. Yeah, it's a great, great episode. Great, great moment with James Woods there. Yeah. So. All right, so let's get into the uh, movie. So. The movie is about an unemployed pot-smoking slacker and amateur drummer. Uh, His name is Anthony Stoner, which I had no idea that was his name in the movie, Uh, played by Tommy Chong. uh, He ditches his strict parents and hits the road, eventually meeting kindred spirit Pedro Dupacas. Again, no idea that was his name, uh, played by Cheech Marin. While the drug intri- while the ju- while the drug ingesting duo is soon arrested for possession of marijuana, Anthony and Pedro get released on a technicality, allowing them to continue their many misadventures and ultimately compete in a rock band contest, where they perform the raucous tune "Irachi My Eye." Earache, my eye. Earache, my eye. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty silly yeah. <laughs> that they would even call it that, but yeah. Um, so. I thought it was a Mexican word there, the Spanish <laughs> word. No, it's just it's just a confused, just doesn't make any sense. Earache my eye, got it. Yes, earache um, my eye, pretty dumb. People that are in the the actors in this movie, Cheech Marin plays um, Pedro de Pacas, like I said. Tommy Chong plays Anthony Mann uh, Stillman. Is it Stillman or Stoner? I'm not sure. You you were going over the names. I, I've I've seen this movie several times. I don't remember them ever saying Tommy Chong's character's name. He's just Chong, and uh, Cheech. I know they say the Pedro de Pacas name because the scene with the license, which we'll talk about. My name. Well, isn't it on the license? Um, oh, so, okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. where he goes. Oh yeah, that's where it, Pedro de Pacas. See, it's right there. Because uh, there's a one moment where he forgets his name. Um, yeah. 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 Um, Stacy uh, Stacy Keach plays Sergeant Stadenko. Uh, Edie Adams um, plays um, Mrs. Stillman. So I guess that's um, uh, his Chong's mother. mom. Yeah, yeah and that Chong's one mom. scene at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Skerritt is Strawberry, um, and that's the cast there. So, uh, I mean. Even though there are other, really the movie is really just <laughs> Cheech Marin, Tommy Chong, and Stacy Keach and his uh, his his uh, bumbling idiot cops. Yeah, the Keystone um, cops that are yeah pretty funny though. Yeah, I mean the other people that are top you know the top billed actors that are listed here. Edie Adams is in it for maybe thirty seconds. Yeah, <laughs> and one has scene, yeah. has maybe one one or two lines, and yeah. Tom Skerritt is in a very small role as well. 
Um, so it's really, you know, it's really just the, th- there's, there's, you know, the Cheech and Chong and, um, Stacy Keach are really the, yeah. the main characters of this movie. I feel like the two women they pick up hitchhiking are kind of, uh, they have multiple yeah, scenes, but I guess they're, they're in it for more than actresses. They don't do much. Yeah. Yeah. They're in it for more than some of the other names, but they're not really, I mean, they're not big names. I don't know who they no, are. Really, I don't know so. who they are either. Yeah. So I'm just thinking of <coughs> characters that are in this movie. Yeah. Um, all right, so second Tom Skerritt film we've uh, reviewed. And the second one that I've picked. I never realized I liked Tom Skerritt this much. I didn't either. I guess, you know, you're like the, the guy in Ted who brags about being friends with Tom Skerritt. I, I should. I should try to be <laughs> friends with him. <laughs> um, let's. We talked about Cheech and Chong already in, in terms of their acting and, and what mm-hmm. else they've been in. Uh, Tom Skerritt, we know he was in Top Gun. He was the Viper, I think was his call sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the 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 head teacher at or the commander of the Top Gun school. Right. Um, Stacy Keach, you know him much more than I do. So what what's what's his claim to fame? Um, off the top of my head, the only other movies I've seen him in aren't maybe the biggest movies, but uh, Escape from L.A., the long sequel, John Carpenter's long, you know. Gestating sequel uh, to uh, Escape from New York, which feels more like a remake than a sequel. Uh, and you've seen Escape from L.A., right? Yes. Oh, I saw New York and L.A., yeah. You saw New York and L.A. So, yeah, he's kind of the Lee Van Cleef character, I guess, like the authority figure that sends Snake, yeah. Kurt Russell, on his mission uh, to save the president's daughter this time instead of saving the president from you know, a ruined American city that's filled with crime and prisoners and gangsters and everything Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, So he was in that. He was in a notable uh, film. He was uh, in American History X with Edward Norton, and he played the leader of the neo-Nazi skinheads group. He was the one older person in that group that sort of got all the young white people to follow him and believe in his, you know racist cause so he was and then when ed norton comes out of prison he you know has he feels differently and he's not racist and he tries to get his yeah. brother played by edward furlong out of that so yeah he was in that and the only other stacy keach movie i can think of off the top of my head uh john carpenter's uh body bags which was made for showtime i think it was kind of like an answer to or showtime's response to uh tales from the crypt it was an anthology horror movie didn't end up turning into a series like Tales from the Crypt, but he's in one of the anthology stories in it, one segment of it. And his wasn't particularly very good, where he gets a hair transplant and hair starts growing all over him, and he turns into almost looking more like Cousin It than the Wolfman. Uh, so <laughs> it's it's the weakest of the three uh, in stories in Body Bags, I think. Although Body Bags, I do think, is worth uh, checking out if you like mm-hmm. John Carpenter like I do. Um, so that's about all I know for Stacy Keach. All right, um, so the movie has a 47% uh, score on Rotten Tomatoes by critics, so definitely rotten. Um, audience score, though, 83%, so big disparity there. Yeah, big disparity. That's like half of what yeah. uh, the audience thinks. Yeah, is that one of the big uh, – you know more about the Rotten Tomatoes. Is that the biggest disparity we've seen so far? I don't know. I haven't been keeping track. But I don't think Top Gun was that rotten. I think Top Gun was barely rotten. Yeah, there's been Same some... Same thing with Short Circuit, just rotten. There's been some fairly big disparities. Just in movies I've seen in general, there's been some big disparities. Um, okay. So I don't know that this is the biggest, but uh, it's it's a big one. I mean, the, the last one was... 
No, I guess it was a little less. Uh, Rise of Skywalker, because that was in the 50s, and that was like 86%. So close, okay. though. Yeah, um, this, this so. is like half of what the audience... This is a big disparity, I think. And a lot of that could be... One, it's, I mean, think about comedies. Are comedies ever that universally, positively reviewed by critics? Oh, this type of comedy, like stupid comedies. Um, no, normally, no. And, yeah. and this type of comedy, no. However, there are some that are and you know the better ones are the ones that are you know more cohesive i, I mean i i i get this um yeah. score I, I i understand it um but you're right like sometimes people don't like critics i should say uh you know if, if they if you don't find it funny then there's nothing left you know what i mean so it really depends right. on your sense of humor because if you don't find it funny, then there's nothing endearing about it for you because the Correct. story yeah. is not its strong point. I think you'll agree I'm with that. Thinking, yeah, Animal House is certainly lowbrow humor, but I don't know if it was stupid humor. Some of it certainly is, but Animal House was, you know, critically acclaimed and a big hit. And so audiences and critics both like that. And then a few years later, uh, a movie that I know you and I both like. I'm pretty sure it's rotten i'm not well you know what it once again we've had this uh, problem with rotten tomatoes it may have been rotten at the time of its release but now what is it? uh caddyshack got horrible reviews oh just okay said it was a bad you know and i mean that's looked at as a revered comedy classic as much if not more than animal house by yeah caddyshack is certified fresh 73 percent it was not in 1980, much like a lot of other movies that we've looked up. I mean, Hitchcock's Vertigo, John Carpenter's The Thing. So they were reviled by critics, and now, mm-hmm. you know, they're just, they've got such a following that it looks like, uh, you know, they were never rotten. But that, that was pretty, uh, did get a lot of bad reviews back in the day. So. Okay. Um, so, all right, so let's get into the movie. So the movie starts. With, um, I guess it's the sound of like someone snoring, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, you hear Merry Melodies, which brought me right back to my childhood. I don't remember the last time I saw that on TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the Merry Melodies is the uh, like Looney Tunes, the Looney um, Tunes, yeah. From yeah. The, I remember watching them on Nickelodeon when I was a kid, right? Yeah, I don't know what I watched them on, but I remember watching them. Um, well, now I think they're on HBO Max, so. Because Warner Brothers owns HBO Max. So, oh, yeah. I might have to throw some on once in a while then. Yeah, and they, they've made new ones. that They tried to make it look like the old ones, but you could tell they're new. They're interesting. It's worth checking. If you like Looney Tunes, it's an interesting to see what the new ones look like. Yeah. Um, so then you, you, know, you realize that it is um, Cheech Marin is sleeping on the couch, and he's got kids climbing all over him. I, is that his family? Are those his kids? They never say. I mean, I'm, I'm asking you like I'm you should know, sure. but <laughs> I assumed I assumed that Cheech was kind of like the other one, like a slacker older son. Uh yeah, I I took him as like the uncle, like he yeah, like, you know, the what uncle I mean? like, or just an older son who needs to get out of the house and get a job and is a yeah. Mom. That's what I assumed because you don't see him with a woman, like a girlfriend or a wife yelling. No, no. You know, there's no woman in that that house that's, you know, seems like it would be a mother and he's a father. So, yeah, I'm not sure. Good question. Yeah. um, So that, you know, he wakes, he puts his foot down, he steps in cereal and um, he... uh, I guess he was either hung drunk, hungover, or you know, from I was high um, because he he pees in a hamper, thinking it's the toilet. 
Um, Which was a very funny moment, I thought. The first laugh-out-loud moment of the movie, I thought. Yeah, because they don't show that it's a hamper at first. It looks like he's peeing into a toilet. and then Good you, point. Yeah, it's a good reveal. Then, yeah. yeah, and then it reve- he re- the reveal is that he looks over and sees the toilet, and then it zooms out and shows that he's peeing in a hamper. Um, which, yes, it was funny when they revealed mm-hmm. that. Um, then you meet Chong, who is a son of rich parents, who tell him that he... Uh, basically, well, his father tells him he basically needs to get a job or they're going to uh, send him off in the, to the army. Um, so he then just packs up his stuff, gets in a car that looks like it's a Rolls Royce. And then when, again, another reveal, uh, it's actually a Volkswagen Beetle with a Rolls Royce grill like uh, uh, hooked up to it that, I, that it, he uh, actually, I guess, stole off his father's car. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, he just hits the road and leaves his rich parents because he's had enough of them. Um, I, I don't. I I'm trying to figure out in the beginning. Were they, were they saying like he just is into health food and lifting weights and stuff? Is that what they were saying? Because he doesn't oh, look like I he is. Know. Yeah. No. I think he's just a bum. I think he's just a slacker. Yeah. Stoner, slacker. Stoner. Like yeah. Cheech. They're both okay. They come from different walks of life. One is spoiled or rich, you know, and the other one is more working class okay mm-hmm. poverty poor uh i guess the stereotype of oh you know 20 mexicans living in one house one roof that's kind of the cheech you know where he's coming from and then yeah chong is you know rich you know mm-hmm. upper class you know with the rolls royce and everything so um yeah so i guess they were just trying to show that where they come from and from two different worlds but yet <laughs> they're so similar and they meet so. Yeah, well, they they meet because um, the um, the Volkswagen Beetle breaks down, so he's hitchhiking, and I guess Cheech Marin's whole <laughs> life is driving around in this car that has the love machine written on the window, right? Is that what it says? Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and his license plate. Tell the tell them yeah, his license, this license plate that says M U F D V R, so Muff Diver. Um, <laughs> And I guess he just goes around looking to pick up women, um, and he sees this hitchhiker, and uh, it looks like a woman from his point of view, because Chong has uh, put some fake breasts on him and is kind of you know pretending to be a woman so that someone will pull over, and because no one stops unless it's a woman. Um, so, um, like you said, oh, we, we should tell the audience, we actually watched this movie together. This is the first time in the history of this podcast, yeah, where we watched a movie together. We always watch, you know, separately. This time it worked out where we were able to watch it together. Uh, so I still don't know what Rich thinks. I can comment on the moments that he laughed. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, Rich knows I, I own this movie. I picked this movie. I like this movie. I think it's a very funny movie. Uh, Rich had never seen it before. So this was a first time viewing experience for him. He's seeing it, you know, not as a teenager like when i first saw it uh so different very different perspective and like i said when i first saw it i'm pretty sure it was edited for tv on comedy central and then i saw this the same thing with the sequels with the cheech and chong you know next movie or cheech and chong's uh, nice dreams and uh still smoking i'm pretty sure i saw most of those on comedy central edited commercials and stuff so yeah so you got to see it 
different and very different experience than you know my background to this movie yeah so. um and the reason i brought that up is because you said like how did he not see that you know chong has a beard you know correct and i was going to mention that it's a ridiculous that i guess bothered me or it makes it kind of funny because from the camera from the angle that they show in his rear view mirror all you see are big breasts. You see a body, right. a hand, an arm with a thumb up, hitchhiking, and breasts. Okay, you know, covered by a shirt. And so he's like, whoa, man. He's got it. And he spins his car around, speeding mm-hmm. like a maniac, pulls up. But if you know what Tommy Chong looks like with the long hair and the big beard, <laughs> he's a very saggy yeah. looking figure. How did he not just <laughs> notice the head, the face? Uh, but whatever, it's it makes for a funny, it's a funny joke. So, Yeah, definitely. Um so, um, I, and I wanted to go off on a quick tangent before when you said that um, this movie, the first time you had seen it, um, it was edited for TV, so you mm-hmm. didn't get to see all the jokes. What's the f- first, what, what movie do you think is, have you seen uh, on cable and then were the most surprised when you finally saw it unedited? Can you? Is, is it this uh, I movie? I know my answer to that. I know my answer to that, a hundred percent. And it is also it's a comedy, and it's on it's uh, Comedy Central. And it's one of those movies where really, when I tell you the movie, you're going to be like, oh, that's not so bad. Um, and maybe that's why. But I remember being shocked. And it's like this, where I only saw it on Comedy Central, and then when I finally bought the DVD, mm-hmm. I didn't realize uh, it's Eddie Murphy's Coming to America. Oh, okay. Because there's not a few bad language, few bad words, but the, the early, the first five minutes, the first two minutes, yeah, the royal yeah, yeah. penis is clean, your majesty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, I had no idea that was in there. I was like, what? <laughs> so that took me for a whirlwind because obviously that was cut out from every, uh, you know, from Comedy Central or any, you know, uh, cable TV or regular TV screening. So do you have an answer to that question? What's a movie that you liked? You know, or saw, and then you saw it unedited, and you were like, it was, it surprised you the most. I, I don't have any that really shocked me, but I, the one that sticks out in my head is probably right around that same era. Um, actually, two, Caddyshack is one. Um, okay. because and there's, also, there's one nude scene in that, so yeah. Well, not only, not even that, but the, the whole, um, uh, Baby Ruth bar in the pool. That was never in the, TV? no, that wasn't on TV. I remember being blown away by that scene. Like, what? Like, this is okay. in the movie? Um, that and um, um, National That's one Lampoon. of the funniest scenes. That's one of the funniest yeah. scenes in, yeah, in the whole thing. Yeah. It is. So, I, you know, my, my uh, amazement when I saw that scene for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. And then um, National Lampoon's Vacation, the first oh, the one. The first one, yep. yeah. Okay. That, highly, that might be one for me as well. Highly yeah. edited. Um, some of the scenes when they uh, accidentally get off in St. Louis. Um, are, are, aren't even in the, the TV version. Yes, um, yes. And there's some other random scenes, but that's And there's a shower one. scene. There's shower a scene, scene yeah. with Beverly D'Angelo yeah. where they're spoofing Psycho for no reason. But yes. very funny <laughs> movies. Yeah, all, all all three of the movies that we mentioned, 80s comedies, uh, mm-hmm. or, yeah, you know, same kind of thing that probably got tons of replay on Comedy Central or TBS right. or TNT, uh, USA Network in the 90s when we were kids. And uh, yeah, it was... Uh, so that's how we were exposed to them the first time, and they were funny, but yeah, much funnier, I guess, in the you know unedited, uncensored versions. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so back to Cheech and Chong. So they met now. Um, uh, Cheech's character picks up Chong, and now they meet, and they've both realized that they have uh, marijuana in common. There was a really random 
scene, a random, not scene, but act in this movie where um, they he picks up Chong and they're talking in the car and they're not doing anything illegal or anything. But I guess a cop pulls up behind them yes. um, to see what's going on and the cops get out. And then out of nowhere, a car just comes flying in and <laughs> rear ends the police car. <laughs> And then they drive away. Chief and then they drive, drive away. Well, they drive away not even knowing that any of that happened. Like, <laughs> But what's funny to me about that is that it's so random and there, it happens for no reason. Like, it's they weren't doing anything illegal. The cops probably weren't going to arrest them or anything. So, like, literally the whole thing was just like, what? <laughs> like, I thought it was funny. I always was. thought that scene was funny. I think the first, once the, from the point that they meet until... Well, until they, the, you know, until the song part where they're in the court and everything. I think that's some of the funniest moments in the whole film. Like that 15 minute span of them in the car and all the, well, you'll go over everything. I don't, well, I don't think there's a, anything I would change for that 15 minutes. Yeah, and and I and I agree with you that that scene is funny, but it's funny because it's so random. Like that, yeah. none of that needed to happen, yet it did. And it, and it's not even like they don't go back to it. You have no idea why that car came. You have in no idea why they hit the ooh, hit the cop car or why. And I think that's funny. I think that's you know it keeps you on edge. It's surprising. And I do. I've learned about myself. I do like a lot of funny random. I'm thinking of the Big Lebowski. Has so much funny random stuff happen. And it's it's a, such a funny movie. So I'm not saying Cheech and Chong Up in Smoke is on par with The Big Lebowski, but it's just it has that random style. You don't know what's going to happen next. Humor and it works. Yeah, um, the Farrell Brothers movies have a lot of that kind of stuff too, like yes. really random, yeah. funny scenes that are just so random. That's what's funny about them is that they're so random. I can think of one in in several of their movies. Uh, scenes from several of their movies that are like that. Um, yeah, so Kingpin, Kingpin, and uh, there's something about Mary are both pretty raunchy, uh, you know, lowbrow comedies that got very good reviews from critics across the board. So. Uh, so they managed to find a niche where audiences uh, and critics like their work. So yeah, actually, Kingpin is rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. That's one of my. Uh, I am very surprised. That's one of I the remember, ones that's up my sleeve. Oh, I love Kingpin, and I remember that being not a financial hit, but I remember it being a. Um, uh, Siskel and Ebert gave it two thumbs up, and I believe it was Gene Siskel. That gave, or he had that, and there's something about Mary. Kingpin was on his top 10 for 96, and there's something about Mary was on his top 10 for 98. So, mm. and then when he passed away, they dedicated me, myself, and Irene to memory of Gene Siskel. So he was a big fan of theirs. And so was Ebert, because I'm pretty sure Ebert gave them thumbs up. But yet they both gave Dumb and Dumber two thumbs down. It's like they were a little slow to catch on. I'm not sure what makes... I think Dumb and Dumber is just as good as those, if not better in some ways. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I think it's right on par with all those. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, so um, all right, so now that you know that now Cheech and Chong have met each other, they're driving together. They, they find out they both like marijuana. They start smoking a uh, a joint that is uh, you know the size of a, a, a paper towel roll. Yeah, um, that's a good way to describe it. It's like a tree trunk <laughs> is what I described it as, like yeah. bigger than a Churchill cigar. Okay, it's huge. It looks like it can barely fit in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, huge. Um, and then you find out that it's full of dog poop because <laughs> the guy's, uh, Chong's dog had eaten his weed. So he had to wait for it to poop it out. And then he just rolled it up. <laughs> he ate um, my stash. I had to follow him around for three yeah. days, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I liked Chong's voice. I don't know. It was something about it. I don't know. 
I just I thought it was. They both have funny, distinctive voices. Because I like Cheech's voice. Because Cheech does sound the same in all of his movies. Well, I know Cheech's yeah. voice. You, you know, know what Cheech I mean? Yeah. The, yeah, Chong does. I, I bet you if Chong, that's why I think Cheech could do other acting with that voice, with that. You know, take the weed jokes out of it, and you know he still kind of has elements from his original shtick mm-hmm. in a lot of his you know supporting roles or other roles in other films and stuff, other genres. Chong, I'm not sure if I've ever really heard. I've seen him in interviews, and he maybe doesn't slow down his speech as much, but he sort of still has that drawl. That's you know <laughs> that that humorous talk, which works for Cheech and Chong movies, but I'm not sure it could work for. Nash Bridges, okay, right? <laughs> Spy Kids. I don't know if he could do well. Maybe Spy Kids, obviously without the drug humor. Uh, but yeah, yeah, he's, he's he could do comedy. I don't think he could do much else. Yeah, he, he's kind of typecast into a role. Um, yeah, not not as not as versatile as Cheech Marin. Yeah. Um, then they get pulled over a second time because you know now they're really high and they pull over into a median, I guess. Um, yeah, they, well, and, they pull over on their own. Yeah, they pull and over then on the their cops own. Come. So they're pulled over. Cheech thinks he's still driving, and the weeds are look, the windows are filled with smoke. You can't see. Yeah, in, they can't, you see, can't yeah. see out. It shows them driving on the highway. You just see a smoke filled car with the windows closed. It's like a, nobody, you don't know who's driving it. Uh, so I thought those were funny scenes, just seeing the car moving slowly on the highway like that. Yeah, so then they get, then the cops come, and I know you like this scene a lot, so why don't you talk about the scene where the, well, with the cops... Then they, the, okay, I don't remember what happens first, but you, you did cut out the, the, the parts where Cheech... Uh, before when he's he's looking for his joint, I got a joint. He pulls out the first thing he pulls out. It's a toothpick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then the next one is this tiny little. I mean, it looks like a rubber band, like a just like a little worm, like a yeah. gum worm almost yep. thing. <laughs> you know. So and then he pulls out his giant, uh, what you say, paper towel roll looking mm-hmm. uh, joint. Um, and so then yeah, they're all they're they're high. And they uh, get the cop comes over Mm -hmm. and Cheech is all worried. He's paranoid. So Chong gives him pills, which he thinks are uppers to perk him up. But it's actually or to get him, you know, more sober. But they're actually it's acid. And so he takes the pills. He's like, that's the most acid I've ever seen anybody. I hope you're not doing anything for the next month. (laughs) (laughs) There's something like that. And so Cheech starts freaking out. Oh, my God, I've never done acid. I've never done. What am I going to do? And then the acid starts to kick in. So his paranoia dies down and he's just like flailing, making noises. And most of which I think is very funny. Um, And there's the one scene where uh, Chong messes with him does that ah, face. yeah it makes like a monster <laughs> face scares him he's like why you do that i'm just messing with you so that whole the, the whole scene in the car like i could just watch if if it was you know you just catch it on cable i would watch that no matter what i was doing uh up until the, the end of this scene which we'll talk about so uh what else did i forget because then the cop asks for his license he takes it, uh, Chong, uh, Cheech gives, Cheech is in the driver's seat, Chong is the passenger, mm-hmm. but Chong is also scared because the cops, so he's got a ton of drugs, so he, you know, t- takes all the drugs, he swallows all of them, uh, so they don't get busted for possession, and, uh, but meanwhile, so Cheech is all messed up, and <laughs> he asks for his license, and we kind of went over this before. He goes, what's your name, sir? He goes, my name? What? Isn't it on the license? Yeah. <laughs> and that's where they say his name. I always found that scene to be hilarious. He forgot he was so high, he forgot his name. Uh, then at some point, she's just wearing a hat, like a wool cap. 
It's is flailing his arms down. He pulls the wool cap over his uh, eyes, over his face. He goes, "No, I'm blind." Yeah, I thought yeah, that yeah. was hilarious. And so it's just a rambling scene that goes on, and then it it climaxes, ends with, uh, "And what's your name? What's your?" He's like, "Is it on the license?" And he yeah. goes, "No, no, the the passenger." And Chong just leans over and barfs. He throws up because throws up on his on Cheech's lap on Cheech because he's ingested so much drugs. Yeah, yeah. and Cheech goes, "Ah, oh, man." His name's Ralph. <laughs> and then yeah, that's yeah. where the scene ends, and they cut to the next scene, which is like a musical number of those two guys handcuffed in front of in a court. judge. Yeah. In court. The judge's name is Gladys Dykes. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, not so subtle there. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's that whole scene that I was talking about with, you know. The, yeah, with I, I, I liked, the, I really did, you know, the cop scene was really funny. I hated the court scene only because I hated that Cheech Marine Cheech Marin was singing over it because there was yeah, also dialogue. Scene. There was dialogue underneath. I'm not sure why they did that or what happened, but um, I mean, Cheech and Chong did have musical acts. I've seen maybe about five or ten years ago. They had a, a Showtime special. They're, they're like Monty Python, where yeah, they, they still will come together and tour every so often and go on the road. I never saw them live, but I've seen you know concert movies of their uh, their routine, their shtick. And they do a lot of music in between their skits. Um, so maybe I, that's why. I'm I assumed... Sure. Yeah, I, I would say it's a weaker scene. It's not really that funny. Yeah, I assumed it was uh, something from one of their comedy albums or something um, that they just inserted there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that for sure, but that's what my assumption was. Um, but I didn't care for that scene. Um, and then I agree, yeah, especially they, coming after such a funny scene yeah. before. It, it's it's a bit of a letdown. All the times that I watched it, you know, when I was younger or even you know older, as I do have the DVD, um, I just was sort of like, oh well, that's uh, that's when I would you know stop paying attention for a little bit and <laughs> do something else and then come back to it. Yeah, and I was and it had me worried. I was like, oh, I hope he there's this this isn't a theme of the movie where you know every, every other scene. Scene is going to be him singing or a musical like number. That. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 music. The music is involved in the film for sure. No, but, but not like uh, that. And not that was like, really not, it's not scene. a musical. I wouldn't yeah. say you could classify. It's not on Blues Brothers. It's not like Blues Brothers. No, no. So no. there's music is important to the plot and to the guys, but it's not Blues Brothers. So yeah. right. Um. Yeah. So then they get off. I guess they get free on a technicality because the judge was uh, drinking vodka, which they find out by accident because he, uh, a Chong is like uh, passing out still and doesn't feel well. And Cheech runs over and grabs the water from the judge's. Um, I don't know what you call that, but where the judge is sitting. And the judges. The judges stand. Yeah. Yeah. The judges stand. Yeah. He grabs the the water from that, which they think is water, and and Chong drinks it, and he's like, "Oh, this is vodka." Um, so then I guess you just have to assume that, uh, they got off because of that reason. And I always wondered, did he just say that to get off? I, I see. I don't think so because the judge didn't really deny it. <laughs> she just kind of makes a look like, oh man, like they caught me. <laughs> then why would she let Cheech just go? Cause he just goes and takes the water to help his friend. And she, well, no, listen, she if, stop him yet. <laughs> if, if we're going to start putting out, pulling out, uh, pointing out plot holes here, then we're going to be I'm here all night. Now I'm turning it to you. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm the continuity error guy now. Oh yeah. boy. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's just a stupid, it's a stupid scene in a stupid movie. We'll, we'll uh, yeah. I mean, so, not every Monty Python scene is great in Monty Python and the Holy Grail, but most are. This is kind of one of the lesser scenes. So. And, and you, you have to kind of suspend belief here. I mean, and just sit oh, back yeah, and enjoy clearly the movie. They would, you, 
one, that those two guys would be in the hospital, especially Chong, with the amount of drugs that he took in that scene to right. you know, <laughs> avoid yeah, for the cops. And then two, they would be in jail for longer than just whatever it looked like, a day or a weekend tops. I'm not sure. So, yeah. Because then they just cut to and they're in, it looks like Chong's house. They're just hiding out, you know, at just the house. Yeah. I and mean, then... Cheech's house, Cheech's house, not Chong's. It's not, it's not a wealthy right, yeah, yeah, yeah. mansion. Yeah. Um, that's when they talk about joining a band together, um, yeah. and then um, they're, they, they're trying on uniforms, um, and then there's that, that line, I know you wrote it down, so I didn't bother writing it down, but it's not, it was something along the lines of, uh, Chong says, uh, if we're going to wear uniforms, why don't we all wear something different? That's <laughs> Just, exactly what it was, yeah. yeah. Although he says it more... If we're wearing uniforms, yeah. man, let's everyone wear something different, which totally goes against the point of having uniforms. And also, the uniforms they were wearing looked terrible. They were like bad waiters' uniforms, mm-hmm. like gold tuxedos with a ruffled shirt and a bow tie. It's like, I, it was really, really bad, so... Um, um. Yeah, but it was a good line and a good good scene, good moment. Well, and they, I, I, what was also funny about that is, as absurd as that line is, everyone agreed and thought it was the best idea, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they just took it so seriously. Yeah, so yeah. Kind of like a Dumb and Dumber moment there. Like, I feel like that movie's filled with moments like that. <laughs> and and there are a few moments throughout this movie, a few lines. I'm sure, we're not, I mean, obviously we're not going to cover every joke or every line, but there's a no, few maybe. jokes and lines that are reminiscent of something that would be found in, in Dumb and Dumber. Very much so. Yeah, I, I don't think I ever realized how similar, you know, this movie was with Dumb and Dumber until I watched it last night with a lot of the... A lot of the things that Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels say to each other or to Cheech and Chong say to each other in this movie... You could switch the dialogue and switch the scenario, and even though Dumb and Dumber isn't drug-filled humor, it, they fit right in because I guess the guys are just that dumb. Right, right. Dumb and Dumber is not a drug uh, comedy, um, but it is a buddy comedy, right? And that's Correct, what this is yeah. too, in a way. Both you know? with very dumb buddies. Right, <laughs> exactly. I thought of one drug joke from that I it always cracks me up in Dumb and Dumber. Uh, who meets at a bar at 10 in the morning? Well, I just figured she was a raging alcoholic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a great line. Um, that and... Uh, not that it's drugs, but it's an addiction um, where he says he doesn't bet and then um, he's like, I'll bet you 20 bucks I'll get you betting by the end of the day. Alright, you're on. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one too. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, so... So uh, yeah, then they um, they so they decide they're all gonna be in a band together. Um, then they go to to um, I forget who Strawberry is, but he's somebody's cousin, I think, right? One of their he's cousins. Cheech's cousin. Cheech's yeah. cousin. Chong, yeah. Chong. It seems like Chong. Other than his rich parents, I don't think anything else in this movie really. Chong's just along for the ride. Right. Right. Yeah. So, once yeah, he so this gets is Cheech's cousin is Strawberry, and you can tell him who Strawberry is. Well, we don't know yet, right? So oh, they go to they go to Strawberry's house and um, they go inside and no one's there. Oh, there's a, a bird. Well, they um, think someone's in there because there's a bird, a right? Parrot that's talking. Yeah, that's talking lines. Yeah. Yeah. So they think someone's there, but it's just the bird. They go inside and then it's revealed that Strawberry is Tom Skerritt, um, and uh, he's got a. Uh, a birthmark. First of all, he's suffering from trauma from Vietnam, right? Um, He's got some clear PTSD that we'll see, you know, used in a humorous light later on. 
Right, and he has a birthmark that that's why he got the name the name Strawberry uh, yeah. on his neck and and cheek. And it's huge, yeah, yeah. Neck, cheek, yeah, yeah. And they, you know, he, uh, Chong, Cheech tells Chong, "Don't look at it, don't mention it." And you know, Chong's like, "You know, of course I'm not going to do that." Um, but then he does <laughs> instantly when he sees yeah. it. Um, which is then, another type of humor that we've seen. I'm thinking of Mike Myers, who had the, the account of the mole. eye. I'm not looking at your... A mole. Yeah, well, yeah, Mike Myers does a lot of that. Okay, yeah. Mole from Austin Powers on account of the eye. And I think Kevin Pollack played a guy with two different colored eyes in uh, Wayne's World 2. Well, I think one of them was... One of them was a glass eye. I thought it was he explained, I have no pigment in this eye or something like that. So we had oh. two, is, I think he, because Kevin Pollock goes through a whole shtick because they're trying not to look at his eye. Yeah. And tell. And so he explains his ailment or whatever, his condition that he has where one eye has color oh. and the other eye doesn't. And uh, they ha- you, I love the line that it ends with, we'll just take this over and, you know, fill it out and cross our T's and dot our lowercase j's yeah because he doesn't want to say i yeah <laughs> that he was, doesn't want to say i yeah there were, there were a few of those those kind of jokes where he he was saying i and then they realized that you know they kept like catching themselves right. and then the last right. one was the was i agree was the best one we'll dot our lowercase j's <laughs> it's a funny line it is um Anyway, so the, then Strawberry and Chong leave. I don't know why they leave, though. Do you remember why they left? I think they go to get drugs. Oh, they go to get the weed that they were wanting? Yeah, I think they they don't have it at the house, but yeah, they, they go to get the... Okay, and then Chong is there, and there's a, a girl shows up out of nowhere that was there. Um, and so there's, there's like spilled Ajax on the counter that Chong, for no reason whatsoever, puts on a plate and starts cutting up into lines. And I was like, oh, he's going to snort that, isn't he? Um, and then uh, he doesn't. The girl that comes out of nowhere sees it on the plate and thinks it's cocaine and <laughs> snorts up all the Ajax. Yeah, really um, fast, too. Yeah, yeah, really fast, yeah. And then, uh, you know, starts making funny facial you know, gestures and things Faces, like that. Faces, noises, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. She's just all whacked out of her mind, yeah. Yeah. Um, then you see... Um, Strawberry and Chong on a motorcycle. Strawberry's driving the motorcycle. Chong's in a sidecar. Um, there's cops staking out the house. Cheech. Cheech is in the sidecar. Cheech, Cheech yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah. There, there's uh, also I would have got him confused too throughout this uh, yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Well, this and and this whole this whole scene happens. So much is happening right now. You have them That's driving true. in a motorcycle. You have the then you have the reveal that the co- the cops are staking out this house, and that's when you're introduced yep. to Stacy Keach's character. Yes, um, they're in a, a back of a van that has, I guess, is a, a, cl- a clothes cleaning company or it something. It was a cleaning. It was like a laundry service. Yeah, a laundry service. Um, <laughs> and it has pants on the the side of the van, and <laughs> when you where the fly is on the jeans or on the pants. That was what you could open up and like see an eye look through the crotch of the pants. Right, that was the That's way the cops thing. could see outside yeah. by by unzipping the pants and, Which and was looking hilarious. through the zipper. I always yeah. found that hilarious. Yeah. yeah, so you're 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 introduced to that at this point that they're being staked out, um, and then it's just like a whole big thing. Then you know, because I, then I, all of a sudden it goes from Chong is in the house. You think he's by himself. Then you think he's in the house with one other woman who snorted all the Ajax. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden Chong is in the house with like twenty people, and him, the woman, and a bunch of other people, and they're partying and doing drugs, and there's loud music and the parrot squawking. So that that whole party seems to really literally happen out of nowhere, right? And, uh, yeah, out of nowhere. And then the cops come in, and meanwhile, 
um, Strawberry and Chong, uh, Cheech are uh, driving by, and Strawberry sees everything that's going on, and he starts going into a, uh, a Viet- Vietnam episode where he's thinks he's back in Vietnam, and there's yeah, Charlie everywhere. Yeah. yeah, flashback, yeah. And uh, yeah, he he jumps off the motorcycle and just leaves it going. Um, and and Cheech uh, flies into a payphone, <laughs> uh, which was a rotary payphone, right? We saw that is true. We commented. I I made the comment of how wow, look, you know, you don't, you don't really see because I do think the you could tell this is shot in L.A. I've gone to L.A. enough times. Uh, it, L.A. really does look like that, like the mountains in the background and just the roads and the houses. And it, it looked, you know, very authentic Los Angeles. And it didn't look, 1978 didn't look that different from 2020 L.A., let's say. Mm-hmm. Except for all of a sudden you see the pay for the cars are different and the payphone. And I'm like, oh, you don't see payphones anymore. And then you're like, yeah, especially rotary <laughs> payphones. Yeah, rotary then payphones. Because you notice they were finally, you know, it's a closer up shot. And Cheech is getting out of the sidecar and you could tell that it was a rotary uh payphone so yeah that was funny um uh, yeah um so he does he call the house he calls the house yes. right somehow he, he knows the number yeah to he the knows house the number yeah. well it's his, goes to. it's yeah. his cousin so maybe okay so he could remember that so he calls the house and he calls and cheech and uh chong answers he's like you got to get out of there that place is getting staked out because somehow he and when they were driving around they saw the cops yeah, looking to when they were in. on the motorcycle, yeah. When when Cheech was on the motorcycle with Tom Skerritt, and Tom Skerritt's, you know, talking Charlie everywhere and having flashbacks. Um, so, which also reminded me of a scene with in The Big Lebowski, where uh, Walter is having his flashbacks when they're supposed mm-hmm. to drop the ringer, the bag of money, and it's his dirty undies. And then he jumps out of the car with the gun shooting everywhere, and yep. uh, the car crashes into a pole with the dude with Jeff Bridges in it. So that was a little similar uh, to, or very similar, I guess, uh, to this scene right there. Yeah, and then so then the cops uh, bust the bust the party up and and start taking people out and. Um, but Chong manages to escape. Chong is Chong because Cheech called. Chong, it was so loud in the house in the party he couldn't hear anything. So Chong takes the phone and goes outside. And in doing so, not only does he cut the cord of the phone by closing the door, but he locks himself out. So he's trying to get in while the cops are arresting everyone, and Cheech was telling him, don't go and get out of the house, stay out of the house. So, yeah. Well, and then Cheech ends up going back and lets him yep. back in the house. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, all right, now how, how do we get you out of here? We got to get you out of here, man. And <laughs> yeah. then Chong is just like, uh, and that that was a moment where I'm like, that looked like it was straight out of Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, that definitely. Um, yeah. Then I guess the cops leave with everybody, and then Tom Skerritt comes out of nowhere in the house, and he's got a gun, and the bird is chirping, and then all of a sudden you just hear a gunshot, and you see from the window black feathers fly out of the window. And I and I wrote down funniest death of a bird since Randy Johnson. Okay, I forgot about that scene because yeah, at this point it's empty. We forget about Tom Skerritt for a few minutes because he just. Jumped out, you know, and the sidecar and Cheech crashed. And then Mm -hmm. it's just focusing on Cheech and Chong and the police. And then Tom Skerritt comes back into the house out of nowhere with a gun. And no one's there but the bird squawking. Or talking, actually. The bird saying stuff. And you just see the feathers fly fly out the window. window. I thought Um, that was really, really dark, but really funny. Yeah. Wait, what did you say since Randy Jackson? 
Randy Johnson. You Randy never Johnson. saw the video. Oh, of yes, yes, yes. Randy Johnson killed a bird. It was the worst timing ever for this poor bird. But Yeah, Randy I've Johnson, seen that course, video. Threw, yeah, 100 mile an hour fastballs. Right, right into the bird. And it, the it bird could just kill explodes. A person, and you literally, you just see the pitch. And it, all of a sudden, it looks like his feathers explode yeah. somewhere between the pitcher's mound and the batter's box. And they're just like, what? It's just the most It's like the chance of that happening is like one in a million. But Oh, more than that. Yeah, the bird yeah. just happened to fly in the worst possible place at the yep. worst possible time. And Randy Johnson killed a bird. Yes, yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. You just see feathers explode on the screen. Yes, so. th- that was funny, but this was funnier, I thought. Um, okay, well, this was fake. The other one was real life. Right, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, then, then, so then all of a sudden they're like in someone's house. I don't know whose house they're in. They're smoking. And then the cops bust this house too, which to me, it was like, what is going on here? Like, (laughs) Um, and, well, and I this guess is... they kind of established Stacy Keach's uh, Sergeant Stadenko as this, you know, tough Elliot Ness kind of no nonsense. I'm going to get the drug. Yeah, uh, that's his pushers. MO. I'm going to get the dealers. Yeah. I'm going to. He's just, you know, no nonsense. I'm going to get everyone at all costs. Do you think there's going to be violence today? Well, I certainly hope so. He says at one point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's very overzealous, very eager. You know, takes his job very seriously. Well, uh, my my whole thing officer. is. Yeah, my whole thing is that that those two scenes happened right at one, one one after another, and it was almost like it could have been a continuation of the scene. Like it was just, I was Correct. like, yeah. what is happening here? Um, but I think that's what you goes back to what you said earlier with the episodic approach of this movie. It's yeah. it's really just like you know you have a bunch. They had a bunch of scenes, and they're just like, all right, how can you know, after this scene, this scene happens, and after this scene, this scene happens. There's very little connecting them. <laughs> this wasn't meant to be a screenplay award. It wasn't written by. It was written by Cheech and Chong. Okay, they're not screenwriters. They're funny. Okay, but they're mm-hmm. not. You know, I don't think they went to took screenwriting classes per se. Um, and this was also their first screenplay, so they didn't have much experience prior to this. And once again, like, yeah, we said it's, you know, based on their sense of humor. This isn't really a plot script based movie. There yeah, is not... a plot, but it's like we said, it's just episodic. Let's move from one scene to the next. And hopefully these guys are funny enough to carry a movie. Kind of. That was the attitude. of It's you know, it's definitely. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely not a plot driven movie. It's more of a comedy sketch driven movie with a yeah. loose overarching plot. Right. Like 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 the Monty Python movies or I mean, to a certain extent, I feel like a, the Chris Farley, David Spade movies. They're kind of like that. I mean, uh, I think Tommy I, Boy and I, um, and uh, Black Sheep did not have a finished script. They kind of had an idea, and they were uh, just hoping let Farley and Spade. Uh, for I think one of those movies is fantastic. I think one of those movies is horrible. But they kind of just let them loose and do whatever, and it worked for one movie and it didn't work for another. And I also feel one movie ended up having a script that worked, a much you know, better or script, a structure. <laughs> yeah, Tommy yeah. Boy ended up having a structure and a script that worked. And the other one did not. So I don't know what, you know, if they had miracle workers in the editing room in post-production or whatever. But for one, it worked out. But I know neither of those. A lot of comedies don't, you know, when they get greenlit, they have the star, they have the cast, they have the, you know, the idea. Yeah. They have the premise, and they don't usually have a finished script. So I know, mm-hmm. so this is probably one of those scenarios as well. Um, yeah, probably. Um, let me see. So then they... Um, 
Let me see where I'm at. I lost my. I think spot we're up to here. where they're about to get deported. They somehow. Oh yeah, get, so yeah. They, they they you know they get deported, but then you find out that they actually did that on purpose, which is something they do whenever someone gets married because they get a free <laughs> free bus ride down to uh, Tijuana, Tijuana, right? Yep, yeah, to um, Mexico. Yeah. yeah, so they go to Mexico. They got deported, but it was on purpose. Um, when they're in Mexico. Um, that's well. There's the the exposition that um, there's a new form of weed where it's basically like fiberglass but made out of weed, yeah. and mm-hmm. it's called fiber weed, I think, actually, or something like that. I think it's something ridiculous like that. Yeah. They make that up to keep the plot going because they, yeah, the with the Keystone cops. I'm going to keep calling them that because there's these dumb bumbling idiot cops. Yes, and Stacy Keach is teaching them where do they hide the weed in the television set. Oh, behind it, oh, this. They're all guessing all the parts. He's like, the television set is the marijuana. Oh. Right. So he's explaining how it works. So a little exposition there. Right. And, then and they're then... going to make the, use that fiberglass marijuana to make an actual van made out of marijuana. To transport weed to the United States. Right. So it's not like they're going to have to search the van. The van is the pot. Right. The van is the pot, yes. So the car itself, the, the van itself is, is the marijuana, and it's you know they're able to drive it and everything. Um, so I, I don't remember how they, they accidentally stumble upon the van and, and drive it because they went to the wrong address because they got what, burrito yeah. sauce. Once on again, the... Cheech is like, oh, I know someone here. My cousin works here or something like that. Yeah. He knows somebody, and they wander into the wrong place. We're here for the van, or we're going to drive. We're here to drive something like that to drive a van to get back. But it's the wrong van. It's the wrong factory. It's the wrong everything. But he says that, and so the drug dealers decide, okay, you guys are the yep. ones that are oh, driving the guys, van yeah. back over the border. So that's what happens, yeah. Which is basically the plot of the movie We're the Millers, if you've ever seen that. I don't Which is more a more recent it. film, but Is that with Jennifer Aniston? Yes. And I think I did not like that. Yeah, Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis, Ed Helms yeah. is in it. Yeah, I, didn't I saw care it a for it while ago. I, I don't remember it. I remember not liking it, but I couldn't tell you anything about it. So, and basically, same idea. They pose as other people and transport weed, but it's not. Boy, you know, we've, we've mentioned a lot of movies that this movie has uh, influenced. My lord. <laughs> Yeah, um, and there's more too. Um, I don't think I realized how influential Cheech and Chong was until, and we're you know only uh, not even finished with this podcast because you said there's more. There's a few more I want to mention as well. So, but keep going. We'll save okay. that for the end. All right. So then they're driving the the weed, uh, the the marijuana van. I'll call it the marijuana van, and they, they're at the checkpoint for the border to get back to the United States. They pull up next to a car full of nuns. Um, they um, are, are they lit up one of those giant. Um, joint cigar type things uh, you know the paper towel roll of uh, marijuana mm-hmm. um they throw it into the they try to get rid of it and they inadvertently throw it into the nun's car and then the nuns are then um perceived as the uh drug transporters so they, you know that gets everyone's attention and then um the marijuana van is able to just drive right through and get across the border um they they pull over um Actually, so uh, Stacy Keach is being interviewed by a um, an Asian reporter whose name was Jay Toyota Kawasaki. Toyota Kawasaki, which yeah. makes Family Guy's Asian reporter Trisha Takanawa look very, very PC. 
Yes, definitely. Um, so, yeah. That's that was pretty pretty bad. Um, and <laughs> it was funny. I was like, oh my god, they're not even trying. With yeah, no, they, they definitely weren't. Trisha weren't Takanawa is a woman's name, and Takanawa, whatever. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know what that means. That might mean something offensive in Japanese. I'm not sure, but yeah. Yeah, but it's not a car and a motorcycle. It's car, not right? a car that and a motorcycle <laughs> that most people have heard of. Right. So, yeah. Um. And and he's being interviewed saying how they're looking for a car made out of weed. And as he's being interviewed, the van is is driving behind him. They on, drive by, and I think Chong goes, "Look, we're gonna be on TV." And they yeah. get a peace sign. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That yeah. Was funny. Yeah. Uh, then they pull over and um, at a rest stop, and Stacy Keach is there, and then one of them, I forget which one, because they both do it at different times, but they pee che- on Stacy. Chong Keech's. does it first. Chong okay, does Chong. it first at the rest stop. Cheech later at the police station. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They both pee on Stacy Keach's leg. Um, the, uh, when they were stopped at the rest stop, um, the, uh, police dog was roaming around and he goes over to the van cause he's sniffing it. He and smells I the weed. In the smells van. the weed, yeah. And then when the van drives away, it's revealed that the dog is is dead and, and <laughs> with its legs straight up in yep. there like the horse in Animal House. <laughs> yep, exactly. Legs straight up in the air on its back, um, because it was too close to the car for too long. I yeah, guess inhaled too much weed. Yeah, and it inhaled it. too much of the marijuana. Um, then they they pick up some hitchhikers. Um, so well, they, they go they, out of their way to pick up those hitchhikers because Stacy Keach is following him with his bumbling idiot cops. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, the, the big binoculars, and I don't know if that's before or after. Uh, one of them, the cop shoots his own tire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, the cop. He says, "Shoot the tire," and the cop shoots his own tire. I mean, <laughs> they're just bumbling, bumbling idiot cops. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they're they're on they're in pursuit of the van. Uh, they go out of their way to pick up the hitchhikers. They go to the police station because... The hitchhikers the, are two women, by the way. So yeah. So we should add that in there. Yeah, so it's two, you know... The, this time they're actual women, not women with beards. Um, so, right. So, yeah, they're, they're two real women that they pick up. And you forgot a funny scene that I thought was worth mentioning. It happens around this. After he shoots the tire, Stacy Keach berates the cop that shoots the tire about what an idiot he is. <laughs> then a couple you know, minutes later, you see the next shot of when you see the cops. It's the three... It's three cops in the front, Stacy Keach and the two other guys. One guy's squeezed in the middle in the front seat of the car holding four cups of coffee. And then the one idiot, the, the idiot cop that shot the own, his own tire is sitting in the back like he's in the doghouse looking sad. Yeah, all I alone. never realized how funny that scene was. Yeah, him all alone in the back and the other three squished up in the front. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought that was funny too. So they pick up hitchhikers, and one of the hitchhikers says that she knows a girl who's a who works in a police station and sells the weed, the marijuana that they have in the evidence room, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so she's going, but they don't have any, right? Something I forget. I guess they. I don't remember exactly what happens, but they do end up getting it or something because it's the blonde woman that they're talking to in the police station, right? Yeah, that's she. She gets, she's the one who sells the weed, the marijuana that right, comes right, in. Yeah. As evidence, um, but I don't think they could get any or something. But then Stacy Keach comes in, and that's when Cheech then pees on his leg, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, then they get pulled over, but the at this point the <laughs> muffler or the bumper, I guess, and the muffler are starting to um, uh, burn marijuana. So it's yes. basically the muffler is basically you know uh, it's not engine exhaust; it's it's marijuana. 
Um, so the, the cop that pulls them over, uh, inhales that as he's walking over to the car and, and immediately wants their hot dog. And I guess they were fighting over who was going to sit in the driver's seat. And then when, by the time the cop gets up there, they're sitting on each other's laps. And... It was because Chong's like, I don't have a license. Well, what are you driving? You don't have a license. Yeah. So yeah, they, yeah. they don't know what to do real quick. So Chong is somehow, yeah, one ends up on the other one's lap. Yeah. And it's just such a funny visual just seeing them both like, look like, Hey, what do you want from us? Right. You know, while the cop is looking at them and he's high and he just wants the hot dog. Uh, so it's a very funny, uh, funny bit. Yeah, yeah. The cop wants their hot dog and he, you know, because he had inhaled the smoke. Um, and then he's like, you know, making funny faces and enjoying the hot dog and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. So they, they get off on that. Um, they go, then you know, one of the hitchhikers gives them the idea to go to the Battle of the Bands, which is what they end up doing. Um at the Roxy in LA, I guess that is right. Yep. Yep. And I believe that club still exists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, they can't get, um, they can't get Chong to wake up because he, what, what did he have? Did he take pills? Yeah. The, the hitchhiker he took, gave remember him pills. The, 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 the Cheech and Chong pick up two girls and right. Cheech kind of goes in the back and fools around with his, the blonde girl that he picks right. up, that they pick up. And then the brunette, the really skinny brunette, She's just talking to Chong while he's driving, and she's like, I've got drugs, and she's like trying to wink. He's like, oh, you do? But she's like making gestures like, I don't have them because she doesn't want to share. She just wants it for her and Chong. So she, whatever she gives him knocks him out. It's really strong, and yeah, they have trouble waking him up, which is a problem that I think I mentioned this to you when we were watching this. Uh, musicians with drug problems do go through this fairly frequently, and I was at a concert Years ago, maybe it had to have been more than 10, but less than 15 years ago, I was seeing Stone Temple Pilots at the PNC Bank Arts Center, and they were supposed to come on at 9. They didn't come on until around 10.30. Lucky Mm -hmm. it was PNC, so I drove, so it's not like I had to worry about a train to catch or anything. And they played a full set, but you could tell, especially during the first few songs, Scott Weiland was not in the right frame of mind. And what I read in the articles afterwards uh, was they couldn't, he was, Scott Weiland was just high. He did a bunch of heroin and they could not wake him up for hours. I'm glad I saw Stone Temple Pilots when I did because he's dead now and we'll never see them again. But uh, it was, yeah, that was my one, you know, kind of, hmm. when, when people were like, oh, how was the concert, Jay? I was like, I'm not sure. <laughs> it was okay. I mean, some yeah. songs sounded great and then some songs sounded uh, not so good. So, mm. uh, well, yeah, it's a, more. I'm sure it happens more than we know, um, especially mm-hmm. you know, in the 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Yeah, yeah, when drugs were even more yeah prevalent. prevalent uh, yeah. yeah, back then. Yeah. Um. So then uh, they they end up getting you know they get him up they 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 play a song that their band name is Alice Bowie. Um, yes, I thought that was hilarious. Is, Alice Cooper. I would say, David is that a Bowie. play on Alice Cooper and David Bowie? Yes, I believe um, so. Yeah. Meanwhile, the van is outside burning up. The cops actually somehow stumble upon it. I don't remember exactly how, but they stumble upon the van. The van is burning up, so they're all getting mm-hmm. high. 
Um, they Stacy Keach finally loses it and eats like fistfuls of pizza. Yeah, he um, finally gives in the last moment we see Stacy Keach is because he's they they took a bunch of Hari Krishnas and tried to get into the concert. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot Hare about Krishna this. Robes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so they're doing that, and then Stacy Keach, yeah, they're finally because and the the marijuana weed, the smoke is going in. They show the furnaces and the vents in the Roxy. It's going into the concert, so everyone's all you know. At first, they're booing. Cheech and Chong, because they don't, you know, sound good or organized, or their Chong was high and can barely make it, you know, make it to the drum set. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Cheech runs on, all excited, and he knocks over everything. Uh, so they're booing, and then all of a sudden, you know, everyone in the audience is getting high off the smoke coming in yeah. uh, from the van burning outside. And then they all start cheering, and then they play Earache My Eye. And I actually think it sounds good. I think it would have been funnier if it was a bad song. You know, like with a really bad melody or if it sounded awful, but it sounds, with the way they play, it's like, it's got a pretty good beat. It's pretty catchy. And uh, they play that and... (laughs) Everyone loves them. Everyone loves it. They win. They get a big cheer. And yeah, that's when Stadenko is finally like he gives in. They're all, all the other cops are eating pizza. They've got the munchies. He finally is screaming at them and gives in and shoves pizza into his face. And mm-hmm. it's it's a pretty funny scene. And that's kind of where it ends, where it climaxes. There's one final like end coda scene with them driving off, right? Yeah, they're driving off and they're talking about how their life's going to be different. And then um, they he drops a joint into Cheech's lap and then Cheech tries to find it or it's like hot it's hot so he's like moving around swerving and then they dump yep. beer on it or something and it, and it yep. <laughs> smokes up and then it's just a shot of the car driving down the highway with and smoke then you hear the up in smoke it. song playing over the yeah the credits start the sunset and yeah it's it's up in smoke like a slower song that plays at the end and that was and when i watched that i'm like wow big lebowski took right from this because there's at one point where um the dude is driving and he's smoking like something a joint on a little roach clip and he drops it it's on his crotch he's freaking out swerving around pours beer on his crotch and crashes the car into like a dumpster or something like that yeah so yeah. Let, let's talk about the the movie the influences while i was watching this movie i thought of several movies at multiple times for multiple reasons um okay i, I thought of Step Brothers with the ending um, I I thought of Blues Brothers with oh the... Step Brothers because of the uh, the concert at the end yes. at the Catalina Wine Mixer. Yes. Okay, I didn't think of that, but all right, Fair. Um, that's a good point. Uh, Blues Brothers with the whole you know the a brief part of this movie is their their you know, their quest to get to the Battle of the Bands. Um, yeah. The I thought of st- um, Super Bad. Um, just because of, you know, it's kind of trying like to a, get drugs, and trying to get drugs. Yeah. Trying to get alcohol. Yeah. Two, two guys on a mission and super bad has a very seventies look and soundtrack. Mm, good um, point. Yes. So that, that, um, really, I feel like there was definitely an influence there. Definitely an influence. And you look at just Seth Rogen's type of humor in his subsequent movies, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of pineapple express, humor. pineapple express for sure. Um, but even the other ones, even the interview or this is the end, you know, there's Cheech and Chong heavily influenced his style of humor. Right. So, so I, I did think of that. Um, and there were a couple you had mentioned, uh, Beavis and Butthead. Um, Absolutely. Beavis and Butthead. These two, I mean, different age, but still that, you know, two dumb a comedy duo, bumbling idiots, you know, just kind of with one mission. Beavis and Butthead, their one mission is to score, okay, with girls mm-hmm. and to just watch music videos and eat nachos and stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of like that. And there's, you know, 
I don't even think these guys care about girls too much. I guess Cheech does. Cheech does, yeah. He goes out of his way in his love machine car. He goes out of his way to try to, you know, pick up women. His license plate shows that he's into women. (laughs) His license plate shows that he's... They just don't go into it or talk about it to the extent that I guess Beavis and Butthead do. Uh, Right. So, um, but yeah, I mentioned Beavis and Butthead. Friday, obviously. uh, Yeah. Weed jokes, the marijuana. Half-baked. Friday. Half-baked, definitely. Uh, Harold and Kumar, absolutely. Yeah. Yep, that's and that's, I mean, that's where this is, you know, worth mentioning now. I mean, these two counterculture figures, Cheech and Chong, defied the odds and had a hit movie using their comedy sketches into a feature uh, for Paramount made at a bargain price and surprisingly made a bundle. And a lot of these slacker comedies that we've, you know, mentioned, you mentioned a bunch, I mentioned a bunch, uh, with dimwit main characters owe credit to this movie. These guys pave the way for a lot of also non-white ethnic comedians who are successful today. Without Cheech and Chong, whether you like Harold and Kumar and its sequels or not, that movie would not exist. Okay, so this was the first time mainstream movie, okay, that had crossover appeal. It was a mainstream hit with, you know, his, that I can think of that had in a, in a comedy like this that had Hispanic American actors you know, in the leads that we're getting laughs from not just, you know, Hispanic audiences, but white, black, because everyone went to see this movie. This was, you know, a big hit for its time. Yeah. And um, there's there's several, there's other Cheech and Chong movies, but I don't think any of them are sequels to this from what I've read. Is that true? No, they're not direct sequels or they don't have... um, the they don't have the same names like these guys have names i don't think they say chong's name the entire movie i've seen this movie many times and i just never knew the name that you said at the beginning when you were reading the premise i never knew that was the name yeah so, me neither um, I, I yeah I, so i don't I think they that. say his name at all i the only reason i know cheech has a name that's not cheech marin is because he said that funny scene with my name well isn't it on the license yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, he points yeah. and it's there so um yeah and i yeah, nice dreams. There's just and the the, the sequels. They're they're not sequels. The other Cheech and Chong movies aren't. It's like I guess Monty Python. They're not sequels to Monty Python. Yeah, they're standalone real, films. They're standalone films. Yeah, like the one I think still smoking. I'm positive they play themselves um, because they get off a plane and Cheech, because of his mustache, is mistaken for Burt Reynolds. Somehow, <laughs> Chong, once again, I guess there's something, or it's a funny recurring joke they have in their movies of him getting mistaken for a woman. They mis- think he's Dolly Parton. And so, because that's who they're expecting for some film festival in Amsterdam. And it's just an excuse for them to hang out in Amsterdam where weed and drugs and all these things are legal. Okay, once again... Mm-hmm. A relic of its time versus where United States were kind of going in that direction in a lot of states. I don't think we'll ever quite look like Amsterdam, but we're going in that direction, um, certainly. And uh, yeah, so it's just and it's that one's even more episodic than this, where they're just having different scenarios, different, you know, different skits that they would do skits that they would do and yeah yeah, it just comes together and it climaxes where they're doing a live show for an audience in amsterdam so Mm -hmm. um yeah so what do you think let's let's make our determination so you i mean you picked this movie and you've seen it a lot so obviously you don't think this is a real big mistake right 
No, I think the critics made the mistake with this one. I think this is a very funny movie, I think. Uh, you know, I think it was funny then, it's funny now, and it serves as, like I said, a marker for what what life was like in 1978, okay? I, the, the movies we mentioned before, The Deer Hunter, that was one of the first big movies to come out. It was the first movie to win Best Picture about the Vietnam War happening, you know, which took place eight to ten years before that movie was actually made. This is maybe one of the first movies to look at the um, effects of the uh, soldiers, okay, the veterans coming back and dealing with PTSD. TD. Obviously, it does in a humorous, not realistic way, but it does, that's a theme for it. So I think that, you know, that's something. I think U.S. immigration is still an issue today, as it was there. They touch on that then. I think it's more of an issue now, uh, crossing the border and the wall and Trump's whole thing, even though Trump isn't a president. It's still a hot button issue that a lot of Americans are aware of. Maybe we weren't aware of illegal immigrants in the 90s, but we're aware of it today. Um, and I think the you know the the whole thing I keep mentioning the dumb cops and Stacy Keach being all uptight and stuffed shirt and everything, they're just as funny as Cheech and Chong, and that follows the same formula we've talked about all the movies that Cheech and Chong have influenced. This movie wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the Marx Brothers or Ghostbusters, which took that same thing of four guys not as dumb as Cheech and Chong. Okay, and the Marx Brothers weren't always dumb like Cheech and Chong were. Okay, but they're always embarrassing the establishment. They're always making fun of the establishment, poking fun at authority figures like police, like rich people, upper class, government figures, authority figures. So this does that. You know, it's a humor that was popular in the 30s with the Marx Brothers, popular in the 70s with Cheech and Chong, and it's still popular today to make, you know, police officers and authority figures and government figures look like bumbling idiots. So I thought that did it well. Yeah, and I mean, that's part of it. I mean, it's it's also the start of one of the one of the first, if not, well, one of the, the more recent um, start of the uh, stoner genre, right? Mm-hmm. Um which is, you know, lately obviously is much more popular than it was. I mean, if you you could probably look at a list of notable films and I'm sure most of them are recent and going back to this one being one of the most earliest. Um, Starting with, uh, I think a lot of them may have Seth Rogen in them, who we mentioned uh, yeah. before. So yeah, I think a lot of his humor involves that. And, yeah. and once again, he's from California. So I think even though, yeah, there is stoner humor is still popular. I guess it's not as, or it's becoming less and less taboo as time goes on. Because now New Jersey's legalizing marijuana. Other states around us are legalizing marijuana. Whereas before it used to be just, I guess, California, Colorado, uh, Seattle, Washington state, really. And now it's becoming much, much, much more prevalent. And I honestly never thought that would happen not so much because marijuana is bad for you, but because of the political ramifications of it and the big, uh, the tobacco lobbyists that would never want to allow it. But right. it seems that we've crossed that point where it's, you know, less people are smoking tobacco. Okay. I know, you know, less young people are smoking it. Uh, so that whole anti tobacco campaign, the whole dare drug program, it's been successful over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's just, you know, we're, we're changing and this sort of represents, you know, an era where it was very different and it was a little more taboo to, you know, have marijuana and smoke marijuana and have a whole movie 
based on drug-fueled, marijuana-fueled humor. Okay, that right. is very unusual. And I'll also say, Stacy Keach uh, is a very good straight man. And oh, yeah. from the list of movies I mentioned, this is the best performance of his career. I would never say that... Uh, um, that this is a better movie than American History X, although you could hardly compare the two. Uh, yeah. Really, you shouldn't compare. That's just no, ridiculous. Yeah. like comparing Schindler's List to uh, 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 Animal House. You can't right. do it. Okay, but still, you know, I think he do, he plays a straight man so well. And I think I laugh just as, as hard in the scenes with just him as I do a lot of scenes with Cheech and Chong. So. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's my take on it. Obviously, I love it. I think it's a great movie, and I think that the critics were the ones who made the mistake. Rich, what do you think? All right, so I don't think that this is a real big mistake. Um, I think, like you, uh, the critics made the mistake. However, uh, I I, I mean... I am just across the border of not feeling like this is a real big mistake. I think it's very funny, but I, it is very episodic. The, the plot, you know, it doesn't, I appreciate this movie as being like one of the firsts and doing what it did. And the same way I appreciate Atari for being, you know what I mean? The first video game system. But you never say Pong is a great video game. Or a better well, video game. Well, I'm not even going to go back to Pong. Games. Pong is its own okay. thing. But I mean, like, you know, those old games that, you know, whether you, the original Donkey Kong or Pitfall or, you know, those, like, mm-hmm. I, I, if I had, you know, a, a, a Nintendo 64, I'm sorry, Nintendo, if I had an Atari and a PlayStation 5, I appreciate what the Atari did to get to where play, we are now with PlayStation 5. Not that I own a PlayStation 5 or even know a game on it, but I just, you know, I've seen... I, I get the point. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, I'm going to play the PlayStation 5, but would the PlayStation 5 exist with, without the Atari? No. So I do appreciate it for for what it's worth, for, for its, uh, what it did. Uh, I do think it's funny. I, you know, I did laugh throughout the movie. Um, I, 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 but I get the criticisms of it too. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's, 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 it's not a real big mistake, but not by much. Um, but I think it's okay. enjoyable. I think, um, you know, you go in just, like I said, you got to suspend belief, you know, you just go yeah. in and watch, you know, you're, you got to go in knowing. And I think you, you wouldn't go in to watch a movie called Cheech and Chong up in smoke without knowing that you're in, a, without being in a mood to watch a comedy, right? Like, yeah, no, you're not expecting a Scorsese film, for ex- example. Exactly. Okay, yeah, you're not expecting. It's not on the same par as that, even though you may laugh and be more entertained in this film than you would some films, you know. Right. And, and the Oscar, so a movie like The Deer Hunter, which won Best Picture. I could watch this more often and have more oh, often definitely. than it's... the three-hour Deer Hunter, okay? But uh, it's clearly a totally, totally different types of movies. So. Exactly. Um, and so that's that's my analogy there to, to video games where, you know, you, you you know, or even, you know, you could say like Super Mario Brothers games, you know, I, if I had all of them and I could play any one, would I play the first one? Probably not, but I enjoy the first one. And, and I'd play I... Mario 3 the most. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mario World for me, the one with the, the first one with Yoshi. Um, that was the first one on Super Nintendo. That was a good one. Yes, yeah. Um, but yeah, so 
I, it wasn't a real big mistake. Um, and, and like I said, I appreciate it for, for what it did. Um, uh, but just a lot of the movies and shows that we named took the same concept and some of them brought it to, you know, a whole new level and built upon it. And, you know, we're able to get the comedy aspect plus, you know, a more cohesive, a better movie plot. from a real yes. director. Lou yes. Adler is not a great movie director. I looked up his filmography. He's directed three, two or three other things. I've never heard of him, let alone seen him. At one, so he's not like a fairly the Fairly Brothers, who were their goal was to make movies, and they write, wrote and directed, and you know they did everything you know for their movies. That was their livelihood. This guy was a record producer, and they just got money, and he said, "Yeah, go have fun," and they just kind of winged it, and for the most part, it worked out. Okay, Tommy Boy, they kind of winged it. But once again, maybe behind the scenes, Tommy Boy maybe had... The, the director maybe was a better director. Uh, maybe he had really good editors and post-production people, and they turned into a really, really good movie. So... Yeah, and that's what yeah. and that's what I'm saying. Like, and I appreciate it for that piece too. That you know, you have a director that wasn't you know the 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 recipe for this movie was not a recipe for success. Yet it worked. Correct. So that yeah, exactly. that alone Good has point. some value to it as well. Um, that you're they're able to kind of defy the odds and create a movie that was successful when it really shouldn't have been. I mean, Cheech and Chong they were a comedy team for ten years. I read prior to this movie. So yeah, but but they weren't yeah. mainstream and. Uh, as far as I know, they weren't, uh, from what I was this, reading. Yeah, this made them mainstream. Right. Because one, their type of humor wasn't mainstream. And two, they were two Hispanic guys. Right. Okay, it wasn't like Monty Python. They're British, but they're, it's a bunch of white guys. So, I mean, this, this was groundbreaking mm-hmm. in the sense that, I mean... You could go back. I remember my dad read uh, a book about Roberto Clemente and all the difficulty he had breaking into the major leagues because there were black guys and there were white guys. And he was one of the first Hispanic guys. And right. now you look at the Major League Baseball. I mean, there's more Hispanic uh, players on almost every team than white or black. So it was, you know, it was a big, big deal uh, back then, though. So he faced a different kind of racism. You know, he, he didn't really fit in anywhere. And I guess maybe that was if that was what baseball was like in the uh, 60s and into the 70s and stuff. Obviously, motion pictures was probably the same, if not even more harsh, because that's more about image. That's mm-hmm. more about looks. And can two Spanish guys sell tickets? Here, Cheech and Chong defied the odds and showed that they could. So, and now, once again, you look at you know how diversity is so important in Hollywood today. You look at the Oscars. You look at you know the Oscar nominations. You look at uh, uh, you know just going Harold and Kumar. Okay, that was you know, considered a big deal in two thousand and four or five, whenever the first Harold and Kumar came out. Okay, that it was the Indian guy from Van Wilder and the uh, Asian guy from. Uh, from American Pie to predominantly white, you know, movies. And they took two token, you know, ethnic actors, put them together, and they had a successful movie. So, yeah, this, you know, and there have been a lot of successful, you know, Hispanic actors since then. And there were Hispanic actors successful before them. Uh, Just off the top of my head, I believe Cesar Romero, Ricardo Montalban. So it's not like they were the only ones or the first ones, but... You know, that using that type of humor, they paved the way. So that, I think, has to count for something as well as what their style of humor did and what their, you know, even their plot points of the movie, how it connected to things like Blues Brothers and Step Brothers and Dumb and Dumber. So, 
Yeah. All right. So I think that does it for this one. This is um, that's it for Cheech and Chong's Up in Smoke. Much um, shorter than Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Well, and you know, for well, that we were discussing the whole Star Wars. Yeah, legacy. that was. We, yeah, had, we kind of had nine movies to discuss there. Well, ten or eleven if you count uh, whatever the Rogue One and uh, Solo and uh, the and that movie. As much of an impact as Cheech and Chong had on pop culture, Star Wars had a much bigger impact. Right. On pop yeah. Culture. So yeah, there's yeah. so much more to dissect and you know discuss from that. So. Definitely not even close. Um, yeah. All right, so next week I am picking, and you're not going to be happy with me, I know already, um, and I don't want you to say anything now, because we'll talk about it next week, so keep your opinions to yourself, but we are watching 2004's National Treasure. Okay. <laughs> you already know I've talked about this with you. <laughs> I, I know briefly what your problems are with this movie, but we're going to discuss it in more detail and uh yeah so that's next week's movie um we're bringing it back to the 2000s and uh yeah national treasure starring nicholas cage all right and we'll leave it at that <laughs> well we could we could talk a lot about nicholas cage's career that will be an interesting thing to discuss yeah Possibly definitely more, more interesting than the movie or many of the movies that he starred in for that matter probably so, uh yeah, he's he's got quite a career, I'll say that. Um, I would love to see him in a Tarantino movie or, you know, it's a director that could give him a real comeback like what Tarantino did for Travolta and uh, Robert Forster and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, Pam Greer. So I think he's he's due for the Tarantino treatment if that ever happens. But yeah. Who knows? So, all, all right. right. Okay. So uh, we'll sign off. Uh, Jason Konigsberg, you could check out all my podcasts, uh, movie reviews. I did my top 10 of 2020 finally. You could check that all out at panandslam.com. Uh, follow me on uh, Twitter at Jason K. Critic. And Rich, you can tell them where they can find you and our stuff. Yes, um, our stuff can be found on um, Twitter and Instagram at Real Big Mistakes, R E E L Big Mistakes. Um, our podcast, I mean, obviously you found it if you're listening, but we are found, you know, it's everywhere podcasts can be found. And uh, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating and a review. And um, yeah, that's it. Thanks for hanging with us. And comment. See if there's some, you know, for our loyal listeners out there. I know we have a, f a few that I've talked to, but even those that uh, we don't know. Feel free to comment. Give us your thoughts. And give us, um, you know, maybe maybe we'll take some recommendations. Yeah, uh, um, I do have... I was going to say, I do have one recommendation that I haven't chosen yet, but um, I, I did get one. But yeah, I would, yeah, recommendations would be great. Movies that are rotten that you think shouldn't be, so... Yeah, and maybe that'll make us think, oh, wow, I didn't know that was rotten. I haven't searched because maybe they're not, not movies that are on my radar or Rich's radar, but might still be worth revisiting. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you listen, you could kind of tell where our tastes lie. But if you've got something a little bit out of left field, a little bit out of the box, we're open to suggestions and things like that if you've got them. So. All right, so this was a good one. Um, thanks for uh, listening with us for this many episodes. This is, I believe, our 11th or 12th episode. I'm mm -hmm. not sure. I've lost count. But, yeah, I did uh, too. Yeah. Okay, well, well, we'll go back and count and check later. Uh, but, yeah, take care, and we will see you next week. Yep, bye.